Life is definitely a journey. And in my own personal journey, I've experienced a lot of growth and a lot of life-changing, in many ways, mind-altering things that have got me to this point. My guest today is Sam Callowart, and Sam has spent a lifetime exploring the nether regions and different parts of the universe through different modalities and different plant-based medicines. I think you're really going to enjoy this podcast as it's a look in a different direction, health in a different form. It really is going to open your eyes to what is out there and what we could possibly access if we're willing to try some different things. Without further ado, I introduce to you Sam Callowart. Well, I'd love to learn about your story and, you know, kind of how this goes. We just we just wrap into it. I've already started recording and we just we just run with it and hear a little bit about what you've been doing in health and wellness space. And uh, we'll just take it from there. Great. Okay. So I am a breathwork meditation facilitator, um, and I also have a background in holistic nutrition and energy medicine. So I use all of those modalities to work with my one-on-one clients. Um, and then I also lead retreats and workshops um, here in Michigan, where I am located, and then all over the world. How'd you get started into this? What was the kind of the, the beginnings of it? Yeah, so it was actually through my own health struggles. So I've been dealing with um, just a myriad of mystery symptoms and illnesses for the past 16 years. It started when I was around, I would say 12, got really bad around 15 years old. Um, and just this past year, I discovered I have chronic Lyme disease. So it took over 16 years for them to properly diagnose me with that disease. Wow. Was that... Um... What was getting that diagnosis like for you? Oh, it was amazing. It, I mean, it in you know, kind of bittersweet in a way. It was great to know that I wasn't crazy and that I wasn't a hypochondriac, right? <laughs> right? Um, and that there was a root issue as to why, even though I was living a seemingly really healthy lifestyle, my health was declining each year and getting worse and worse. So it felt really good to get a clear answer as to where this was all coming from. At the same time, it became, okay, now that I know I have Lyme disease, the big hurdle of tackling it, because many doctors, um, most definitely most Western doctors, really don't know anything about Lyme disease. So it really became me empowering my own health journey and becoming my own advocate. So how has that played in the diagnosis? How has that played into your your daily work or daily living uh, with what with having that? Oh yeah. So my self care has become a huge priority. It's become a huge job in itself. So um, I spend usually an hour to two hours a day with my morning regimen and I have a lot of detox protocols within my daily regimen and it's taught me a lot about slowing down physically. I'm naturally a very type A person and so um, you know it used to be I would just roll out of bed and get to work and now I really have to be really um, very deliberate with my energy and put myself first. So that's probably been um, really a huge learning lesson through all of this. And the detox protocols, like I talked about, that is pretty, um, that takes a lot, a lot of my day. Oh, wow. I didn't know it would take that much time, like most of your day, like, what does some of that include, if you don't mind talking about yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. I love talking about my morning rituals and the detox protocols because I actually help many of my own clients implement some of these strategies for their own detox regimen. So typically it looks like getting up in the morning um, and having um, a big glass of lemon water. And then I usually will have some detox tea. So that could be just like a dandy blend type of tea, dandelion root, which is amazing for the liver. Um, It could be milk thistle tea, um, cat's claw bark, which is really great for Lyme disease. Um, Chaga tea, which I get from the UP and in Michigan here, local. Chaga is an amazing medicinal mushroom. The Upper Peninsula, is that what you're talking about, the UP? Um, Yes. 
Yes, the Upper Peninsula. Yes. And um, amazing medicinal mushroom to support the immune system, lower inflammation within the body. And then from there, I typically do some rebounding. So five, 10 minutes of the rebounder, jumping on that trampoline for the lymphatic drainage. And then I will do some type of green juice. So celery juice, or I really love um, lots of citrus, lemon, lime with cucumber, celery, sometimes some green apple and some stevia. And then I usually do um, infrared sauna. So I have red light infrared sauna in my home and kind of like a makeshift infrared sauna where my mm-hmm. husband bought the bulbs and I just sit in front of that for 15 minutes a day. And that in itself is really great for lowering inflammation within the body, detox, of course, um, but also it's amazing for skin health. Um, so even improving collagen. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Sounds yes. like a, a interesting routine you got going there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's just kind of, um, overview of my morning. I have, you know, other things I do like dry brushing and walking in, um, in a fasted state with my dog, trying to get some sunlight first thing in the morning, all of those things as well. How do you maintain that? Like if you're away or you're on vacation or out of the state? Yeah. So it definitely becomes more difficult. I was just in Costa Rica for a month doing my latest, um, breathwork training and, while I was there, um, I actually brought many of these things with me. So I brought um, like an entire bag of my Synctus and Canis tea, which is really great for breaking down biofilms. And I'm trying to break down the biofilms um, that the pathogens within my body are hiding within. So I brought down a big bag of that and drank that throughout the day. Um, and then I another detox protocol I implement and one I did in Costa Rica was coffee enemas uh, to help detox my liver. So I've been doing those um, and I did those almost daily in Costa Rica I had a private bathroom, so that was really great. Um, and then being in Costa Rica itself was like a detox because we did a sweat lodge while I was there, and then it was so oh. hot and humid. Yeah, that I was, I mean, just a lot, a lot of sweating, like, you know, two, three showers a day, easy. What's that like, the sweat lodge experience? I mean, I've, I've heard of it, but I don't know that I've known anybody that's actually done that before. Yeah, it was really magical. I was a little nervous. Um, talking with a few people before the sweat lodge and we did it on the new moon. So it was really special and we did it in ceremony. So it was very, it was kind of, you know, they created a ritual around it and there was a shaman that led it. And, And so they brought us into the sweat lodge and they have women on one side, men on the other, and then they have the shaman in the middle and then they do rounds of four and each round they bring in more coals into the center of the sweat lodge and you're kind of crammed into this very small igloo shaped like room and um of course as the hour goes on it gets hotter and hotter and hotter and the shaman is um praying he's drumming he's singing other people in the room were doing the same it was very powerful um and when I came out of the sweat lodge, I truly felt reborn. It was, I mean, everything was just more vivid, the stars in the sky. It was incredibly beautiful. I would imagine you had to have somebody who's pretty skilled at that because I've seen some specials and things where, where uh, people have you know died doing stuff like that. You know, I think it was done the right way. Or oh, some yeah. weird culty thing or something. I don't know. You know. Oh yeah. No, I could absolutely see that. I sat um, very close to the door, the exit door. So every time they would pull yeah. up that door to bring in more coals, I would get a breeze of cool air, and we did it at nighttime, so it was quite cool. But some of the women that were sitting in the middle next to the coals, I talked to them afterwards, and they were—they could barely get through it. Like they were just dying. Yeah. And you can crouch down to the ground where the air is cooler, but it is—it's really intense. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. What is the like, I mean, what do you like start wearing for something like that? And do you just, I mean, do people wear different things or are some people wearing almost nothing? Like, what's that like? So most of the men were just wearing bathing suits, like trunks. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there was a couple of men that were completely nude. Um, so wow, they really? came in. Wow. Wearing, yeah, they they were wearing trunks when they were they came in, so they must have at some point <laughs> removed the trunks. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> Um, and then it's so dark in there though. You really can't see. Oh, I only okay. noticed as they were crawling out. Um, and then the women were wearing bathing suits and then we had to put a shawl over top, like a very, and even if that was kind of like a sundress, a thin shawl, um, then that was perfect. But afterwards, many people actually jumped in the river or took a cold shower. They had cold showers right outside of the sweat lodge, which was great. So what was the feeling when you were done? Like, take me through kind of that experience, the magicalness of it. Yeah. So during it, it was, as I said, quite intense, the heat, because I've done many infrared saunas, but this was this was nothing like an infrared sauna. This was within a few minutes. You were sweating profusely and just the heat, it just it really you could barely breathe. Essentially, it was so um, the the thickness of the heat coming from the coals and the smoke. And so I actually myself, even though I was near the door, I found myself crouching down to the ground just to get some cooler air. But at times the shaman would be spraying water on you. So that kind of helped, but it felt really like right when it hit you, it just felt like it evaporated because it was so hot. Um, And then coming out into the coolness of the night and in Costa Rica, you know, there's no cities around where we were. We were in the, in the middle of the jungle. So you look up and I've never seen the sky look so clear and crisp. And it was almost as if I was looking into a galaxy, just the stars. It was just so incredibly beautiful. Um, so I felt really blissful for an hour after that experience. And um it was just really powerful, The not only the physical detox, but the energetic and spiritual detox that occurred during that sweat lodge was magical. Wow. So was that the first time you've done that or have you done that before? That was the first time. Oh, wow. And yeah. will you do it again? Absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that was only for an hour. I've heard some of the people there had done sweat lodges that went for three to four hours. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It seems intense. I feel like you really, I mean, you'd it'd be super intense to be that hot for that, like super hot like that, mm-hmm. that long, you know? Yeah, I definitely would not suggest it for some, like I know myself, I probably wouldn't go over an hour knowing the toxic load I'm carrying in my body. Um, so you definitely have to be careful uh, I would say that if you're a relatively healthy person, going for that long shouldn't be an issue as long as it's, of course, under the right care. So, you know, it's interesting. It sounds like you're a person, you know, who's very into, you know, maybe alter- alternative forms mm. of treatment. What are your thoughts about kind of the rise of um, more like psychedelic based treatments and things of that nature that are coming more online. And they were big time back in the 60s and 70s, um, just recreational use. But now seems to be a lot uh, of research from the past that's coming up and new research supporting it as a different type of treatment. Yeah. So it's funny you mentioned that um, because the type of broth work that I teach is it actually emerged from the 1960s. When Dr. Stan Groff was working with people that had PTSD, depression, trauma, using things like psilocybin and LSD as a therapy initially, and then those um, substances became illegal. So he was searching for a way to help people get into that non-ordinary state of consciousness without having to use drugs. And it's when he discovered many indigenous cultures were using this type of conscious, circular, connected breath to to get them into that same transcendental state, to access different parts of the subconscious 
to really heal, shift, or manifest whatever it was that you're working towards in your life. And that is exactly what I guide my own clients through. So it's a very, the type of breath I teach is a, a very psychedelic type of experience. Um, it's quite powerful, has to be done under a trained facilitator. Mm-hmm. And I did that for um, 22 days in the jungle. And it was, I'm still integrating everything that came through from that experience. But um, I think that it's really incredible what's happening with um, programs like MAPS using yes. again and yeah, MDMA and all of these things to help people with um, trauma and addiction and depression and bringing them out of those states within 12 weeks versus 20 years of traditional talk therapy and only getting a client so far. So I think it is this whole rise of using psychedelics is really, really vital and important. And I only see it continuing to grow. I agree with that. I, I know in like Denver, it's decriminalized, basically. And then in California, there's a few cities. And I, I see that. Uh, I see it continuing to grow. I know a lot about maps as well, like you're saying. And mm-hmm. I'm a big proponent of it. I mean, I, I had a very significant psilocybin experience uh, several years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was very life-altering for me. And I think kind of like you said, you were in the jungle for 22 days and you're processing the things that kind of came to you mm-hmm. and out of that. And um, I think that happened with me and my experience. There's a lot of things that came out of it that just altered my perception of like, what is reality <laughs> type of thing, oh, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I had a guided psilocybin journey as well with a naturopath a little over a year ago and it was about four hours long and it was really profound um, and a beautiful experience. And it's, yeah, it's in it. What's great about psilocybin, it's not a substance that you feel like you have to go back to. (laughs) No, you know, Oh, it's, it really is. You can have a really (laughs) powerful experience in one, in one journey and it can last for years. I actually had some buddies of mine, um, they know they saw that I did it and they said, uh, oh man, it's, it seems like it's a lot of fun. I was like, I wouldn't say fun is the word. And like, <laughs> we're partying and stuff. I'm like, it is not a party drug. It's like a right. spiritual, it's a spiritual drug, dude. I'm it like, is. It's, like, you don't take it and think, man, I want to do that again immediately. You know, it's like, right. <laughs> I did it. I did it in my guided deal. And I was like, I can't do this again for a while. Like I need to really like, it was so emotionally jarring. Oh yeah. That I couldn't, I had to spend a lot of time, like years processing what -hmm. happened to me. You know, tell tell me about like what, what, what came out of it for you? So for me, it was, you know, so kind of a backstory. So because I've been doing this type of transcendental breath work, conscious breath work for a couple of years, I've really worked through a lot of my shadows. So I've been able to work through a lot of my childhood trauma and some of these things um, even before I went into my psilocybin journey. So for me, I when I went into the journey and I sat with the mushrooms before I took them and I prayed over them and I meditated and kind of set my intention over them and they truly gave me exactly what I intended for and needed. So I did not see the walls melting or, you know, some <laughs> crazy colors or unicorns. None of that. Um, So for me, it was much more of a blissful, euphoric, um, divine connection. So I essentially connected deeply with my higher self during the session. And um, the main message that came out of it for me was really coming back to surrender within my life so I can have more flow and more alignment and really just trusting um, the direction that my life is headed and trusting in, in God and the divine and letting go more. That's essentially, it's just like, let go, just let go and trust. And that was the main message I came out with, with it. And it was really beautiful. So I had, um, a really profound connection to my soul, I would say during it. Mm. And it really, um, dissolved my fear of death as well. Oh my gosh. We had like the same experience. Like I had, um, I've always been a spiritual person Mm -hmm. and, um, it made me, it it deepened that spirituality. Yes. And um, I definitely felt closer to God and mm-hmm. the universe. And 
I yeah, because you know the other thing was like that whole dying thing. It was kind of like I just saw the cosmos, man. You know, I yeah, I'm pretty much nothing Absolutely. in the scheme of things. You know, like yes, and the earth and the planet. You know, and just like connecting to nature was a big thing for me. Yes, uh, it's a big thing. I felt like, that too. like it's alive. Like not you know you see a tree and you're like. Oh, it's a tree, you know, provides oxygen, you know, you know, it's very trivial to people, you know, but mm-hmm. actually touching it or touching the ground. I did it, it was this guided hike in uh, a desert in Nevada and mm-hmm. um, it was so beautiful and just feeling like the land connect with you and you connect yeah. with it. And that was, that was like deeply jarring to me, wow. deeply affected me because I didn't really care about nature before that Mm -hmm. I was never connected or plugged in but my wife super naturally connected Mm -hmm. and then so I became very connected and then I had this obsession of living next to water after that like Mm -hmm. I was in the desert and then I had to live next so we moved and we we moved up here to Washington State and we you know it was a variety of other things some business stuff but I said I got to live on the beach it just has to happen and we did. And oh. I see the water every day. And it reminds me of that experience that I had. Absolutely. I think it really just shows us that that collective consciousness it includes nature. And it really yes. shows you that everything is alive. And we're pro- part of this entire universe. We're all one. That's what it really brought me to. It feels like um, everything has its place you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, um, it just, it made me think deeper about the meanings of things. Yeah. And, uh, like you said, connecting to the divine, I think like, if you feel like you don't have that in your life or you've, you're like, well, I don't know if I believe in anything like that. I'm telling, if you have like a guided psilocybin experience, you probably will believe in that afterwards, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm um, actually planning this week to go to Peru in May and I'll be doing ayahuasca and San Pedro. So I'll be doing, yeah, as my husband and I are going and I'm doing it mostly because after I talked to many of the people in Costa Rica that had actually healed themselves tremendously um, on a physical level using plant medicine, ayahuasca, and some of these other um, plants from the Amazon. So I really felt called to it and feel ready to take that next step. Now that one though, it's like, there can be some level of physical discomfort, like vomiting and stuff with it. I've seen from people, I mean, I've never done it, but you know. Yeah. So typically you um, drink it. So it's a, the shamans make a tea and it's two different roots that they take from the Amazon jungle and make it into this brew. And it's supposed to taste awful, um, but you drink <laughs> it. And um, usually within 20, 30 minutes, you have the urge to purge and you do so. And then you're kind of from there you go. Usually the trip will last anywhere from four to six, eight hours even. Yeah, that's a decent amount of time. I found like with yeah. the psilocybin one, it was like four little around that. And at one point I was like, I got to get out of this, man. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. Good as it was, I was like, we got to be done here. I mean, this is, yes. this is intense, it you is. know. It's- it is. Yep, absolutely. So what do you hope to learn from your ayahuasca experience as you do that? Yeah, so for me, it's really about the physical healing of Lyme. Now, I've tried pretty much everything under the sun so far for healing. Besides, I have not done antibiotics. And the reason for that is because I've had it in my system for so long. At this point, the studies show that it really would not be beneficial for me to take the antibiotics. Um, So instead, I've been doing herbal protocols. I've done bee venom therapy using live honeybees um, to kill the Lyme bacteria. That was pretty intense yeah like what is that Um, like I mean yeah so it is bee venom therapy is um where you take live honeybees and they are sent to you via mail um, unless you have a local bee farmer in your area so I have them shipped from California and they ship them towards the end of their life so they only have about a week to live Um, once they're sent to me anyway. And then you take reverse tweezers and it kind of just grabs the honeybee around the neck 
and then you put it along your spine, set its butt along your spine, Whoa. and it automatically stings you. Yeah. So uh, three times a week, I did anywhere from five to 10 stings along my spine. And that has been shown for many people with Lyme disease and many other illnesses, um, inflammation, um, all kinds of um, sports injuries to essentially help heal. Wow. I mean, that's, that sounds, I literally have never heard of that. And I, <laughs> I consider myself someone who like is very into researching a variety of alternative forms of things. And I was like, whoa, whoa let's back this truck up here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm thinking like honey and stuff. Like maybe it's just like slathering honey on her sub or no. something. No, yeah. You're getting stung. I'm getting, yeah. So I'm stinging myself multiple times a week. I did that for four and a half months. Um, And you use not only the venom from the live honeybees, but I was also using propolis that comes from the beehives, which is an amazing antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral. I was using raw local honey. So I was using propolis, all, or um, I'm sorry, um, bee pollen. So all parts coming from the hive, not just the venom. And it really strengthens the body from the inside out. And then again, helps to kill off the Lyme bacteria. And I can attest to that because I was definitely feeling the die off of the bacteria in between sessions. I would be really fatigued. I would have heightened anxiety and all of these things. So essentially, as you treat Lyme bacteria, your symptoms get much worse before they get better. Because as the bacteria die off, just like many other things, they release a lot of toxins within your system. Welcome again to Dr. D's social network intermission. I'm enjoying these little tidbits of thinking pondering and questions during this time as you've been listening to Samantha Calvert you're hearing about a journey for someone about how to heal and the different ways that we can heal ourselves whether it's through more traditional means or things that are more alternative how do you heal in your life is it something that you can grab that you can touch or is it something a little bit further out than that something you're trying to reach for on a regular basis how do you heal think about that and listen to the next segment of my conversation with sam calvert Wow. Is that the most extreme thing you've done? Like alternative medicine type of thing? So far, um, I do plan on doing Cambo in April, which will be more extreme than that. So Cambo is, that is frog medicine from the Amazon and they burn. um, So the practitioner um, burns holes either in your arm or on your ankle or other parts of your body. And then they smear this frog venom into the holes and within five minutes, and you have to do this in a fasted state, you drink two liters of water right before they do this. So Mm -hmm. within five minutes, you um, essentially, the venom spreads throughout your uh, entire body, the frog poison, that venom. Um, And then you purge um, and it kills off the same idea with the bee venom therapy. It kills off a lot of bacteria and it's incredible to build the immune system up. Indigenous cultures would actually use it. The men would use it before war to help kind of boost up their um, adrenaline, but they actually will use it even on their children. If they're sick, they use it for a host of things, um, in the Amazon, but it has become an alternative treatment for people who have Lyme and cancer and all sorts of illnesses. So I will be doing three sessions um, in April of that over a weekend. Sam, you're intense. You know that you got some intensity (laughs) going on here. I'm like, I've heard a lot of things. I have not heard of these. This is like, oh man. Did the bee venom thing hurt? Did it like really hurt with the stings? 
It did, yeah. That's why I had to stop. So what I didn't realize was that the bees, um, it's called their venom gets spicy, essentially, because they start um, eating different pollen in the summer. So their venom becomes much spicier, hotter. And so the pain level went from like a three to four to like an eight or nine. And I've, yeah, and I can take a lot. Um, I've been through a lot. I can take a lot of pain physically, but it, it came to the point where my husband was doing the stings for me, or I would try doing it myself and I would just be like, just automatically like be crying and or screaming because of how painful it was and even if we iced it it just still was not helping and then um my cortisol my stress hormone was just going through the roof because of course when you're shocking your system like that your adrenal glands it really takes a toll on them so i was kind of having like anxiety attacks in between sessions almost um and heart palpitations i've never had that before and so that's when i decided okay it's time to end this treatment because my, yeah. you know, I want to feel well in between sessions. And even though I know it was doing my body good, um, it just had too many adverse side effects for me. You feel like um, you're, you're searching, consistently searching for these different types of things. Like you try one and you're like, what else is out there type of thing? Or what's your approach to it? Yeah, so I typically just use my intuition and whatever I'm guided towards and really tune into that. Um, and because on a daily basis, my I'm in a lot of physical pain and Lyme disease is one of these invisible illnesses. So from the outside, you look perfectly healthy. But on the inside, um, I feel like an 80-year-old woman many times. Right, you know, I'm just right. chronically fatigued and my joints are hurting and um, I have a lot of brain fog and all of these things. So I'm to the point where I will literally do anything, whatever it takes, I will do it in order to be healthy again. I think people underestimate that. Like when people are in real pain, you know, and then they question like, man, why are they doing these crazy things? What other people perceive it as? Mm -hmm. And they don't understand. Like if you feel like you're brought to your knees in pain by something, you'll do anything to get better. (laughs) No, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I really want to ensure this year I'm going to be 30. And before I can even try to get pregnant, I have to be completely clear of Lyme. And so Mm. um, my goal this year is to completely heal and eradicate it. I believe not only in these um, alternative modalities to heal the body, but the power of the mind to heal the body. And so that's another aspect I'm working with is really getting out of many of us who have been sick for a long time, sick has become our identity. And so to really detach yourself from that is much harder than it sounds. Um, So I'm also working with that subconscious programming through all of this too. How do you... There's, I mean, there's a lot here. Uh, how do you, how do you reconcile the way, you know, I mean, this is great. Uh, you're doing all this stuff with kind of the rise of technology in our mm-hmm. lives. How is that mixed and matched or how do you handle that in your life? With the rise of technology? Yeah. And, you know, because you're, I mean, you seem to be like a real champion for trying different things and mm-hmm. getting away and, you know, having these kind of altered experiences. And I'm a big proponent of that myself. But then there's like all this distraction as well. You know, how do you feel about all that? Absolutely. So I've been very blessed where um, I don't work a nine to five job. You know, I I work with my one to one uh, one on one clients a couple days a week. And then um, so three days a week, I'm in my office seeing one on one clients. And then I do workshops in the evening or on the weekends and then I do retreats um, usually once a quarter so I have um, been blessed with creating my own schedule and having a few days of the week where I can just really focus on me and focus on my own healing and so that has been huge it's been um, also actually a blessing for me to connect with other people going through the same things 
on Facebook forums and in private groups on Instagram. Um, so I've been able to connect with so many people all over the world and find out what are they doing to heal from Lyme and other chronic illness and what's working for them. And so that has actually been a huge blessing. Now the distraction piece, I would say kind of comes in my morning ritual where I really have to um, ensure that my phone is on airplane mode for yeah. at least a couple hours before I jump into my day. Because after that, then absolutely, it's like I'm kind of my, my attention is going in a million different directions. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like chaos almost once things start coming yeah. through, you know. Absolutely. It's crazy. So so are what are your views on western medicine then with all this stuff you're doing, yeah? Yeah, so unfortunately, I've been kind of burned by western medicine in my past. I believe it has um, it's time and place. And I believe that western medicine is really incredible when it comes to someone getting in an accident or needing urgent care, um, you know, having a heart attack, those types of things. But when it comes to preventative medicine, unfortunately, they're just not there. And um, for example, when I was 15, it was the first time that I experienced the main symptom of Lyme disease for me, which was facial paralysis. So my face, the left side of my face was paralyzed for six months. And when I went into my doctor, um, the urgent care, they ruled out me having a stroke and then quickly diagnosed it as Bell's palsy um, and said, take these antivirals, take these steroids, you'll be good to go in two weeks, your face will be back to normal. And so as the weeks went on and I was not improving, I really became quite depressed. Um, and especially being a 15 year old girl and a freshman in high school um, and having to face my peers with only half of a face, essentially, it was really traumatizing. Yeah. Um, so that's really what I would say I, I became quite burned by that situation. And then the second time I um, contracted Bell's palsy at 24, the right side of my face became paralyzed. And this comes from the co-infection, by the way, Bartonella from Lyme disease. And um, my doctors never put two and two together. They just said, it's very rare for you to be contracting this again. Um, but the second time around, I didn't take the uh, medication and I chose to try the holistic route. And I did essential oils and yoga and meditation and changed my diet. And this is when I really became clear on my path to go um, and become an alternative healer myself. Wow. I mean, it sounds like quite a journey. And I think more people are becoming more awakened to different options. They're feeling this fatigue and mm -hmm. met in this kind of proact not sorry, proactive, reactive medicine approach. Mm -hmm. And yes. uh, people are just seem very sick these days or just very lonely too. Lots of loneliness mm -hmm. with people. You notice that? Oh, absolutely. I would say because... Um, the main clientele I work with is women who are either moms or they are, um, you know, working nine to five and they have very demanding jobs is the anxiety level of in the stress and the sense of overwhelm and disconnect from them from themselves is really just through the roof. And I think it is that sense of disconnection from their first and foremost from themselves and then from God is why so many mm -hmm. people are feeling this despair and this loneliness. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people, they just, they don't have a center or a base. Mm -hmm. And so they just kind of fill that, they fill that, that void or that, that hole with a bunch of other things and they still feel pretty lonely. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. I completely you know, agree. So, you know, that's why I think that's interesting. Like when you have these really kind of almost divine experiences, these universal kind of God experiences, it becomes very apparent that um, you're, you're, an, you're an infinite being in mm -hmm. a very finite body. Yes. And you got to yeah. look the opposite for a lot of people. They look at themselves, you know, they don't even, even see the infinite aspect of it. But I often... I see that, and I heard Deepak Chopra say that one time, and I was like, yeah, I totally believe that. Like, we are infinite beings having a very finite experience in these bodies, you know? 
absolutely. And, and because of Western society with TV and social media and our jobs and all of these things, we're constantly distracted. So we never have that chance to reconnect to ourselves. Um, and I think that that unfortunately is why so many people feel this sense of, of uh, loss and disconnect and, and chronic anxiety that they don't even realize is really the root cause. You think people are scared to reconnect with themselves as well, though, like that what they may find? Yes. Oh, yes. I have so many people that are you know, they kind of follow me on social media and they see what I'm posting about my breathwork sessions and all of these things. And they'll follow me for months before they come to a session because um, they know their ego knows that when they come, that they may have a profound emotional release and they may have to face some of their shadows and they do not want to do that. They want to stay feeling safe and secure and, and the known. They want to stay in that. And the ego will um, will kind of just create this mask and this facade as to what is really important in our lives and keep us at that baseline level instead of really allowing us to go deep within ourselves. Explain that, you know, you've said the word shadows a few times. I, I know what it means based on what you said now, but where's kind of that term come from? Yeah, so essentially looking at transpersonal psychology and shadow, uh, I would term as feelings of shame, uh, anger, frustration. Um, it's underneath essentially all of those feelings that are hiding um, underneath our masks. So typically we are, you know, we're the father, we're the mother, we're the employee, we're the sister, the brother, um, but to really look at what we are at the core, it's unraveling many, many years of imprints and wounds and micro traumas, um, big, small, from our past. And so to begin unraveling all of that is essentially unlocking all of those shadow pieces of ourselves. But if we can work through all of that and do so in a really gentle and safe way, then we get back to the seed of our truth, which is um, joy and love and that sense of connection again um, and fulfillment within our lives. What do you think is the thing that you want to learn the most as you progress in your life through all these kind of alternative experiences? Yeah, so for me, it's definitely healing myself um, and becoming really empowered in my journey so that I can help others do the same. So I, I really believe that there's no one way in healing and that many of these things that I'm doing, um, it is it truly is a lifestyle, not like I have this one experience and I go back to my old way of living. You know, it's really about beginning to change um, your entire lifestyle and the way that you think and perceive the world. And that is how I want to um, teach my, my own clients. I want them to have that same sense of kind of that, that paradigm shift and that internal transformation within themselves. And so that's really my main goal is to, to um, teach myself so I can then teach them how to do that. So are there other um, disciplines or modalities, things that you're looking to add to your portfolio to do that? So I essentially work with um, mostly the breath, the conscious breath, but then I also do a lot of energy work. And I would like to continue learning some more energy medicine because I think that that is really powerful. Um, it is, it's amazing to see what happens when we begin to change our biofield, our energy field. And growing up, we're not really taught about this um, part of our bodies. We have the mental, emotional, physical body. This is more of the energetic body that I'm talking about, um, which is anywhere from, you know, a few feet to six feet outside of us, kind of um, it just really is coming from our heart, essentially. So 
this bio field, this energetic field, working with that really interests me because of what I've seen happen with my one-on-one clients when I'm working on them in this way. And I've seen all kinds of crazy things occur, Mm -hmm. um, different movements within their body, them attesting to seeing different things, different visions come through, um, which is really incredible. Um, And to really tap into that, I think is beautiful, but absolutely um, looking into adding more of those types of modalities to my repertoire and with plant medicine too. I really have been getting more and more into using plant medicine, kind of going back to like the psychedelics to heal. It sounds like you're going down that path big time with plant medicine. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, I feel like, you know, it's bubbling in uh, the United States, more and more people are coming online to it. And I saw a special, I think it was like a Nat Geo special. It was called Breakthrough. And they were detailing people, you know, going to John Hopkins and having these uh, trips, you know, guided psilocybin experiences, uh, you know, in order to break addiction for people uh, mm-hmm. for that. And I, so I think that something like that would be on TV is in itself incredible. Oh, yes. Uh, Absolutely. I just watched the Goop series on Netflix. Did you uh-huh. see this yet? I, you know, I, I, it was on, I saw it pop up on my queue thing. I haven't looked at it. Okay. So they have a, um, they have one episode where they follow Wim Hof and his breathwork ma- uh, method and really tapping into um, the autonomic nervous system. I love that he uses the breath and the mind to change is autonomic nervous system, but they also have an episode on part of their team being guided through a psilocybin journey in Jamaica, and they actually filmed them going through this trip, and that was really eye-opening, um, but I think it's really beginning to break the stigma about some of these alternative treatments. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I think I, I'm all for it. I was in an, one of the other things I think is good. Um, are you familiar with Michael Pollan or Pollan, um, yes. the, the writer? Yeah, you know, um, Omnivore's Dilemma, great book. My yeah. wife's obsessed with that book. She's obsessed. <laughs> She's read it like five <laughs> times. And, uh, you know, he's done stuff with architecture, obviously nutrition. And then his book, How to Change Your Mind, is un- unbelievable. Mm. And having people like that with a lot of legitimacy and credentials, who mm-hmm. is a huge proponent of plant medicine and specifically, especially psilocybin and discussing the history and the research. And what's mind blowing to me is how we were on this track in the sixties and seventies and then it got shut down. You know, it's like we're there and then all of a sudden this dead time and now it's reawakening. You know, I think it's a beautiful thing because there's some tremendous research that was going on. And I think that it's it is really cool that the science is finally catching up and coming out about it so people can really see because so many people are very logical and analytical minds, you know, like my yeah. husband. But oh, in, yeah. so until he sees the science, then he will believe it. So the fact that the science is finally coming out on all of this is, I think, really um, critical to this movement. Um, and. The, with psilocybin, what's great about it, too, is if people are not ready to do a full trip, um, because it can be kind of, you know, it's the unknown, yeah. it can be kind of scary, then microdosing is a great option. I microdosed psilocybin for several months, and I had tremendous benefits from doing so. What's that like? I have, you know, I've really thought about doing the microdosing, but I, and, and I was, I've did the full thing before. So I'm like, well, what's the microdosing like, you know? Yeah. So I chose to do the microdosing, start implementing that after my um, first uh, guided journey. And so essentially you're doing 0.2 grams is kind of the average. And you do that microdose every three to four days for several weeks on end. And then you take a break and go back to it. But for me, what I noticed was it's very, very subtle, of course, only doing 0.2 grams. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was a slight shift in my perspective. So I noticed that my mood was elevated. I had less anxiety. Um, I actually noticed um, cognition improved, which was really great. So I felt I was clearer with my thinking. And for anyone who deals with brain fog, um, with Lyme disease or adrenal fatigue or anything, 
anything, you know, these herbs that can help enhance your cognition are excellent. So that was amazing. And then I also noticed that just like you talked about that connection to nature, I did a microdose and I was just in the park on a summer day with my dog and I felt a tremendous connection to the trees and the sky and the breeze and it was it was beautiful so that is another great option for people and many people use it instead of antidepressants um to help um get over depression and chronic anxiety ptsd and these things well what's incredible about you know these kind of antidepressant drugs is the for people the withdrawals are just nasty for people Mm-hmm. They're super disgusting and really rough, and it keeps people on them because they're so fearful of the coming off of it and how bad they're going to feel. Exactly. Know, and I always think about my psilocybin experience and, and things like that. It's like the after effect is just amazing. It's just the good feelings. And now we're seeing more research and that, you know, people are doing these things and they're feeling like much more content and happier for like, a year, year and a half after a single experience. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It, it truly is. Yes, I completely agree. Another really great one for people that are dealing with chronic anxiety and depression is a really good quality CBD oil because CBD oil interacts with your body's endocannabinoid system. We actually have CBD yep. receptors within our brain and our bodies. Um, and it really does help bring our bodies back into homeostasis and balance mood and all of inflammation and sleep and hormones. It's an excellent plant medicine. That's amazing. I think there's just so much uh, richness here for, for people and thoughts for people to think about because I think we're so pushed into regular forms of medicine and mm-hmm. the, and you know when you're pushing those types of medicines there's like s- tremendous amounts of side effects with those medicines Absolutely. but then right plant medicines like I mean I don't know my experience just been amazing I mean I didn't feel oh man I felt groggy it's like no I just feel good you know yeah. and a very positive way I think your spiritual self becomes so much more enlightened and how you see the world, how good you are to people, all these things are just really positive with it. Yeah, that's what is so incredible about plant medicine is that the wisdom of these plants, it really interacts with the biochemistry of your own body in such a unique way that it really does give you exactly what you need and no more. And everyone's experiences can be so different, um, but that's what's so beautiful. And yeah, you're not going to have the the side, the physical side effects of many pharmaceuticals. Um, and if anything, you're going to have more positive side effects because like you touched on, it not only affects you physically, mentally, emotionally, but that spiritual piece so it really does come full circle well i was reading um about some research a really long time ago like divinity students uh having psilocybin i think this is back Mm -hmm. in the 60s and that they had rated it their most powerful spiritual experience ever yeah you know that to me when i read that i was like wow this is like this is crazy like this like why was this like banned why is this like a schedule one thing this is ridiculous Mm -hmm. what's going on here you know yeah i think that you know as people begin to awaken more and more to this and because of um social media and communication through podcasts and all of these things, the word and awareness is just being spread. And um, it's a really beautiful movement. I think so. Well, Sam, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your unique experiences. And I think there's a lot for people to think about. Yeah. And uh, that's the beauty of podcasts is people get to know you on a deeper level yeah. Then just maybe something you wrote, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I appreciate you having me on. It's been a great discussion. Most definitely. And uh, we will certainly be in touch. Uh, but thank you for being on and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. Bye bye.